Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week, I think Chris has a pick for us. That's right. What do you got for us, Chris? <laughs> oh, you want me to say it? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, spill the beans. This is 1988's Action Jackson. Yeah. Action Jackson. Yeah, the Carl Weathers vehicle. <laughs> Why'd you have to spill your beans? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Not to be confused with the Action Jackson uh, Bollywood movie? The 2014 Bollywood film. This is not that film. Okay. (laughs) If you've tuned in hoping for the Bollywood film, that's next week's episode. Okay? So 1988. Yeah, it's a bit of a cult classic. Um, Carl Weathers. There's not too much to the plot. I I take that back. There's a lot to the plot. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, None of it's important. Action Jackson is a different kind of cop. (laughs) And... um, he just kind of goes around and he's um, exposing some auto industry conspiracy in Detroit and doing so takes his shirt off and just throws a lot of people through glass and it's just, yeah. yeah and then he karate fights Craig T. Nelson. I think that, yeah. uh, I think that I had seen this film cause I, rem- I just heard it referenced a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew Carl Weathers from obviously from Rocky and from Predator. And I think I was like, I got to see this movie back when I was like in high school or something. And I definitely watched it and it, you know, just kind of went in and out. So if you have or have not seen it, there's no much, uh, there's not many spoilers per se, uh, because the plot makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. I still am not quite sure after watching the film twice, what's going on, but mm-hmm. the soundtrack we should definitely get into. Oh, but if you do want to watch it, uh, the film is streaming on HBO Max right now. HBO Max, right. our uh-huh. official sponsor for this week. Yeah, DM me for my login. I'm happy to share it. It's at Christopher Darden. (laughs) Uh, But we are here to listen to the soundtrack and try to make sense of it. Let's jump into the first track. Here's track one. This is Pointer Sisters with He Turned Me Out. Yeah, this is Pointer Sisters. I remember uh, when I was a kid, they were featured prominently on the uh, Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure that we'll be talking about them again soon. Uh, great band. This is, I think this song plays twice in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the unofficial theme song. Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, it's maybe a little bit early in the episode for like a grand thesis of uh, Action Jackson, but... I might go for it here, which is that this song is kind of an example of why the movie doesn't work for me. And that uh, I think that this movie is kind of trying to emulate like a lurid exploitation kind of 70s vibe. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Carl Weathers, his personality is just kind of goofy and very clean cut. And this song is like, uh, he turned me out. That's like a, it's like what a pimp does. <laughs> It's kind of weird, and you're like, oh, okay, so it's like, it, I think this is playing at the front of the movie, and you're kind of expecting, it's like, Action Jackson's going to be a real fucking sicko, and he's just like, I follow the rules! And you're like, what? <laughs> I think I've recommended the Pointer Sisters before for a recommended track uh, oh, for yeah. their song Automatic. I oh, think yeah. that was for, like, our favorite, like, digital or computer song. 
Automatic is a jam, for which sure. is such a great song, but has maybe the world's most unnecessary bridge. <laughs> um, I guess the songwriters for Automatic, uh, Brock Walsh and Mark Goldenberg, must have been really adamant to keep that bridge in for some reason, because the song is, you know, it's kind of got that same kind of vibe as uh, "He Turned Me Out," but it just goes into this weird robot bridge mm, and right. you can even tell when watching uh pointer sisters you know perform that song live when they're dancing you know it's like really great really <laughs> awesome and then they don't even know what to do when the bridge happens so they just <laughs> yeah. try to do these like robot <laughs> that's dance like when, moves. You, when you do like a karaoke song and you forget about that like minute and a half bridge <laughs> in the middle and you're just stuck on stage <sighs> like can i get a beer thank you <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> And they were uh, actual sisters in the Pointer Sisters, yeah, yeah, which is a theme of some of the artists we'll hear from on this soundtrack. Yeah. It was uh, June and Bonnie Pointer. Uh, they started out together in 1969, and they were performing together as the group Pointers, a pair. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, Ruth and Anita then joined the band, and then Bonnie left to pursue a solo career. So the Pointer Sisters that we all know and love are June, Ruth, and Anita. And then at some point, drugs got a hold of uh, uh, June, and which is also maybe a common theme. It's gonna be a, a lot of the artists we're gonna episode. talk about. Yeah, sadly, but uh, yeah, Pointer Sisters are great. One of my favorites. Uh, that song was uh, pretty groovy. Yeah, it's a jam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I do. To your point, though, Caleb, I do think Carl Weathers is a bit too quippy and clever in this movie. And this was a weird time when like. Like late 80s, like I remember like Dick Tracy came out in the 90s and he was like a total like stickler. It was like the 50s and then like the late 80s, it was like, he's a good cop that follows all the rules. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, that's lame. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, it's the like, law oh, man. is the law. <laughs> Jackson, he's, he's got this uh, reputation for being a real loose cannon. And then like the moment somebody's like, hey, you want to fool around? He's like, I'm on the job. I never fool around. Like, well, oh, well, he okay. did get demoted for tearing somebody's arm off. <laughs> well, that's how he <laughs> ripped somebody's arm. And he's like, he had another one, <laughs> or he had a spare. <laughs> I think that uh, yeah, Action Jackson might be uh, affected by bouts of rage. Nobody really knows why. He's a very large, muscular man. Yeah. Mm. Loses it sometimes. The cream in the clear. He's uh, very, <laughs> very oily in this movie. He's constantly oiled up, or in the henley you know that's the that's basically the black exploitation henley <laughs> just you have that like that red one that luke cage also wore and like i don't know speaking of uh, action jackson do you guys want to hear track number two let's do it let's this do it. is action jackson by madam x now it's time to remember, remember. I want action Jackson If you wanna be with me You got to stop your life I need action Oh Jackson If you wanna be with me You got to pay the price I think if you take away the uh, vocals for that track You might just have the soundtrack To the Toe Jam and Earl game for sega yeah i was gonna say we're like halfway to like mega man 3 <laughs> uh in a good way green dog is what it reminded me of which is a sega genesis game <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know anything about madam x i do not a little uh, bit we were talking about it before the uh 
before the podcast episode, but it's Bernadette Cooper is the uh, producer on this. And she uh, is in a band called Climax, which you guys might remember from uh, Meet Me in the Ladies' Room. Yeah, I listened to that song today. It's pretty good. That, that song's a jam, and Climax is pretty good. All-girl band. All-girl band. I feel like there were a lot of these in the late 80s. The Pointer Sisters, who we just talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mary Jane Girls or another. Um, but they all kind of blend together with about uh, 30 years after the fact. Yeah, some of them, like, I don't think Madame X really ever took off. They had, like, one self-titled album from 1987, which is uh, a pretty rare find. They go on eBay for, like, over 100 bucks. So, listeners, if anyone can find the self-titled Madame X album from 87, send it our way. <laughs> it's supposed to be pretty good. A lot of slow jams, I think. It could have been overshadowed by the fact that uh, Madonna has a, a song or an album called Madame X. I think in a whole, Maybe a album, whole album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, remind me to, uh, talk about Mary Jane Girls later, but, uh, yeah, there's kind of, in pop music, I think that there is a cyclical thing with boy bands and girl groups, like in the, like, 60s, that was a big, you know, like the Supremes and, uh, the Impressions, that was all, it was always like these, you know, quartets or quintets or Mm -hmm. whatever, and then, like, that kind of falls out of favor in the 70s a little bit. And then, you know, and some of those groups are still in around into the 80s and then the 90s, it becomes a huge thing again. And so I think it's like weird. Uh, I mean, I guess they're, they're always marketable, but there's definitely like these bonanzas that happen every like 15 years where all of a sudden it's like, you know, some dude in Florida is just going to the mall and like grabbing teenagers and throwing them together. Now, now it's like these. <laughs> that's what uh, it seems like it really always does. No, that's like, but now, yeah. now Korea has like uh, they've like cornered this market where they have these academies with like uh, where they bring the kids in and they teach them dancing and singing and they just start uh, like assembling them like fucking like prefab like. Yeah, I think BTS came out of that type of like factory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's pretty scary. They all live in a dormitory under like lock and key, yeah. and like if they're seen out like, dating somebody else, like their whole crowd will turn on them. Do you know about the Black Ocean? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enlighten me, Chris. So if uh, somebody in your favorite uh, pop, favorite K-pop band. Mm-hmm. Uh, has done something that you disapprove of um, when their band approaches the stage everyone's got these glow sticks and they all cheer during every song but if they don't like you they hide the glow sticks oh, no. and no one makes a sound <laughs> so they just perform to what they call the black ocean oh no uh, that's really uh, depressing I, I think we need to bring it here to the United States. I think it'd be such a... It's <laughs> like, smash mouth, black oak. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like to imagine that it has to do with just one band member. So it's like you have to wait for the solo. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> just everyone's... <laughs> I kind of experienced some of that uh, that year when the Super Bowl halftime show was Beyonce, but also uh, Chris Martin. Mm. And there was this one shot where Beyonce is like marching down the field and I think she has dancers and then it's choreographed where Chris Martin like pops out in front of her. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember being in like in a room full of people and everybody's like into it. And as soon as he pops out, everybody just spontaneously like booze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twitter exploded. They were just yeah, yeah. like, who, who is this guy? Yeah. 
<laughs> you can't switch from her to uh, Chris Martin. Coldplay. Coldplay. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not like a Coldplay hater, and I know there's Coldplay fans. I like some of their songs, but I think that they're not a halftime show band, and they never have been. Yeah. And there was something so incongruous about trying to just be like, "You like some of this? How about some of that?" And people are like, "No!" <laughs> and that's uh, that was America's Black Ocean. This is a shared cultural moment. I'll never forget. Uh, to get back to uh, Madame X and uh, the Action Jackson, what is the official theme song, I guess? Yeah. Uh, this is playing when uh, Weathers pulls up to a, a valet guy that's like the same driver as in Die Hard. It's the same guy. And it's, you know, Joel Silver produced this movie and he did Lethal Weapon, he did Die Hard, he did uh, Predator. Uh, I believe Commando as well. And he is he has like a stable of like, character actors that are all in this movie i didn't realize they all converged every, yeah, yeah like, a lot of familiar faces for sure. every goon in any movie he's ever used has like converged into this movie and I, i'll i'll talk about it extensively but you guys want to hear track three let's do it this is track three this is levert with for the love of money We've got our first cover. Our first cover. And not only is it a cover, it's a cover of uh, their dad's yeah, their song. Da- <laughs> we should have a policy, our first cover. We should all just do thumbs up or thumbs down. What yeah. do we? How do we feel? I think that I'm I'm a no on this one. Well, I'm glad the uh, the listeners can see our thumbs. I'll describe it for you, listeners. <laughs> I think my thumb is still sideways. <laughs> okay. I, I'd like it. I think it's fine uh, for what the movie is. I think it works pretty darn well. But we should say, you know, this is an OJ's classic. OJ's, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Levert is is there? Is it two sons of the lead singer of the OJ's? Um, it's, it's a couple. Two sons. It's a uh, Sean and Gerald. Yeah, and they were sons of uh, Eddie Levert. Yeah, so I think that they snuck out one night with the rights to uh, For the Love of Money, recorded their own version. Hey, Dad, can I borrow the rights to your song? <laughs> Bring it back by midnight. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me... Wait a minute, what? <laughs> Jeez it, gang. <laughs> uh, Gerald Levert was a uh, another guy that got a little too into uh, prescription drugs. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. God, is, yeah. Strikes again, but um, the speaking of the OJ's in 2016, uh, Donald Trump used their song uh, "Love Train" for the uh, Republican convention, and you know the OJ's chimed in and they were like, "No," <laughs> they issued a cease and desist. And I was looking at a list of uh, how many artists have issued cease and desist to uh, Trump's campaign yeah. efforts, and it's well over 20. Oh wow! It's you've got Tom Petty. John Fogarty, Elton John, Rihanna, R.E.M., Axl Rose, Earth, Wind, and Fire have, you know, he's used all their songs and they've immediately issued cease and desist. So he never got the message. Neil Young put one out pretty Neil Young. <laughs> That's right. He's another. Uh, he, uh, we, I don't, we don't get uh, political very often on here, but I will say that one of the funniest Trump things is that he, the YMCA. he latched oh, yeah, he onto really YMCA, YMCA as like his, uh, his like, Anthem. 
Yeah, well, it, it, I think in, he was just like, it's a, the crowd loves it, so as soon as I finish talking, it always goes to YMCA. Which, uh, I mean, beyond just being a song about, you know, guys fucking each other at the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about, if you listeners didn't know that. It's about getting laid at the YMCA. Yeah, but it's also... The boys hang out. <laughs> so, it's so cheesy and They've also... Got everything. <laughs> it's so cheesy and so relentlessly upbeat that... Uh, it was just a matter of time. I mean, it doesn't really, we're in the middle of like a once in a hundred years pandemic and he's still like playing the YMCA at all of these things. But, uh, apparently his last ever rally as president, <laughs> I he, saw that, yeah. he was giving like kind of a tearful farewell and he's like, and he finishes his, and then YMCA plays as he gets on Marine, the Marine one. It's <laughs> the weird, like objectively, it is one of the weirdest things that's ever happened. Did the president's like, Farewell. Good riddance. Good riddance. But but we should say that the original of uh, For the Love of Money was the theme song to The Apprentice, which is I think is why we had Trump on the brain in the first place. But uh, yeah, that was it. Was a song originally written and produced by a uh, Gamble and Huff, who were like the the Philly Soul uh, producers. Oh, yeah. They worked with the Jacksons and. Uh, Dusty Springfield and a bunch of great artists. It's a great song, but it's, you know, I think every week I talk about like 70s and 80s songs that have been ruined for me by their associations to like uh, commercials and everything. And yeah, you know, it's hard to listen to this one. It's hard to listen for the love of money. Plus, it's like, it's a jam, but it's also, uh, you know, growing, you, you heard it like everywhere in commercials and it's definitely been ruined for me. Yeah, this song is playing at the Red Devils Bar. Uh, one of the many bars that uh, <laughs> Jericho Jackson like goes in to shake down some people. One of the guys in Commando, who I don't think I've ever seen in any other movie besides this in Commando, pool room thug, uh, his name's Charles Meshack. There's one part where he's like, let me show you something in the back. Come here, follow me. And he uh, shows him, and it's like a jar. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, what is this? And he's like, it's so-and-so's balls. And then they, <laughs> like, capture him. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it's the strangest thing. With that guy that talks about the balls, uh, <laughs> he's the same guy that Arnold Schwarzenegger kills on an airplane in commando and then puts, like, a hat over him. He's like, please don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. So he's the dead tired guy. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, there's one Martin Scorsese quote in a, in a, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's like, balls don't read. You can't show balls on, t- they, it doesn't read on film. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they didn't. It looked weird. They, they don't read. Don't read. <laughs> you guys want to hear track four? Let's do it. This is Vanity with Undress. Let me undress to the groove. Undress me, baby, if you like the way I move. This is um, Vanity, the co-star uh, star yeah, of this yeah, film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Why would you be questioning that? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. She's uh, got it all, man. Um, Her role is, um, it, it doesn't drive the plot forward at all. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Unnecessary. And um, I, haven't, I don't know if I've 
seen her in other movies. I'm sure that I have, but uh, not great acting, in my opinion. I thought she was fine. I thought she was... Caleb's hot take. It's like, I can't wait to get another hit of heroin. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) I thought she was pretty good, actually. Am I crazy? Um, She had a, you know, music career before she got into acting. And uh, she was part of Vanity Six, which was a group put together by Prince. And she and Prince used to date back in the day. She actually met Prince at the American Music Awards when she was Rick James's date. Yeah. And uh, Prince... Right when he saw her, he he thought that she was the female form of himself (laughs) and basically just told her, your name is Vanity now (laughs) and you're going to be the the front woman for my new band, Vanity Six. Yeah. And, um, you know, she said that, quote, Prince created the whole Vanity Six image. It bothered me at the time. I lied and said it was the image that I wanted. I did it because he told me I had to do it. Mm. If I didn't do it, I wouldn't get paid. Yeah, well, so I, <laughs> I got into it, and you know, she wanted the old Diana Ross image, and uh, Prince kind of pressured her into uh, being in this band and making her whole well, music we, career. We were talking about the Mary Jane Girls um, a few episodes ago, and that was Rick James's uh, little side project producing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's the one uh, member that just looks like Rick James, mm-hmm. and I think that Prince was doing the same thing, and it's like a. Uh, some real fucking weird Liberace shit. <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of Prince DNA in a lot of this music we've already heard. For sure. For sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that this song uh, was was like written, produced, or somebody was involved that was part of the time. This is like all in that uh, that, that Prince stable of yeah. like musicians. Right, time was a band that Prince signed to uh, Warner Brothers, his label, like under his own contract. Wasn't that the band that he gave uh, Kiss to and then... He like woke up the next day and they were working on it and he's like, I gotta take that back. <laughs> I think that was Maserati. Oh, that was Maserati. Yeah, he he made a demo of Kiss and gave it to Maserati and let them try it out for a night and came went home and was like, Wait, that should be a song by me. <laughs> came back in and stole it back from them. Take backsies. No, I think <laughs> he, the story I read is that he I mean this is we're not even talking about the right band now, but he like came in and heard that they had just like sped it up because mm-hmm. it was like Kind of slower and bluesier. Slower and bluesier, and he heard it sped up, and he was just like, mm, "No, that's my song." Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> takes you back to these. Uh, Vanity plays. I mean, really stretching uh, in her uh, in her acting role in this movie. She plays a singer at a at a club and sings this live. Um, I will say her her performances. Uh, I think they're choreographed by Paul Abdul. Her performances in this sense. are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think uh, I didn't buy the character. Yeah, she got into uh, crack cocaine, maybe thanks to Nikki Six, who she announced that she was engaged to in the late 80s. Yeah, they never actually ended up getting married. They, but, she, um, she was dating him when he was absolutely like, you know, streamlining everything. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be a bad influence. And then she became a born again Christian later in yeah. life. Yeah. And I think, uh, unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago because of like extensive kidney damage that yeah. she sustained while being addicted to crack. Like she wasn't still addicted, but just, you know, takes a toll on your body. Are you saying that crack is whack? I've heard crack is whack. I've heard crack is whack. <laughs> well, we got plenty of time to talk about vanity. Let's jump into the next track. How about track five? Do it. This is Herbie Hancock with Building Up Action Jackson. (laughs) 
So Herbie Hancock getting a hold of synthesizers was such a good thing in the 70s with Headhunters and uh, his album Thrust, which is also really great. But something something happened in the 80s with Herbie. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) I don't hate it. So we should say Herbie Hancock, I think, did a lot of the score for this film. I think (laughs) this is just kind of like a maybe one of the more melodic chunks of it. Mm-hmm. He and uh, Michael Kamen teamed up to do it, but you, yeah. can, okay. you can absolutely tell when it's Herbie. It's always like, this is definitely kind of on the heels of, uh, is it um, Harold Faltemeyer, the guy who did the, the Axel F theme for Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. I think that that was such like a watershed moment of like kind of a, you know, a synthy theme song that everybody like loved. And so I think this is like, kind of like bring Herbie in and, and he's going to do something real great for this real great movie. And it's like, ah. yeah, I can't hate on Herbie too much. Cause he's such a big personal influence. And, uh, actually fun fact, the music that we use, uh, over the break, uh, that I made is 100% Herbie Hancock influence. <laughs> yeah, man. Herbie's awesome. He's the best. I, lo- I love how he shows up in Luc Besson films for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool guy. Uh, yeah. W- what part of the movie is this in? Or we don't even know. This is kind of running through the whole thing. It's kind of running through it. I mean, he, you know, he's constantly in alleys, um, kind of running around the city. The plot of this. Okay, so we should say that... Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> so, uh, the oral history of this film is that Carl Weathers, he was working on Predator, mm-hmm. and he was talking to Joel Silver, the producer there, and it's like... They, they kind of probably won, uh, you know, maybe they were hitting that oblivion marching powder late into the night and they're like, we need to do a black exploitation film. You and me. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Oblivion and marching like, powder. You son of a bitch. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it. I think like maybe they You're signed wrong. the, you know, signed the contracts then and then like woke up the next morning and they're like, well, who's going to write this thing? So they like, you know, rouse somebody out of bed and it's like, write a, write this thing. And it's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. I, um, Carl Weathers has talked about like, he's very happy that it's been, um, a cult classic, but he does concede. He's like, I wish we could have just gotten some, a better writer to, to put it all together. Cause it has all the pieces for a great movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like vanity, I think is a great star. I think she's a great sidekick. Well, right. Sharon stones in it. Craig T Nelson's in it. The cast is awesome. The cast is great. But- and it's like the plot is, it's not great in a sense that it doesn't make any like narrative sense, but it's also great in that it doesn't really set up great set pieces. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, uh, like halfway or maybe a third of the way through the film, Action Jackson starts like he's uh, been accused of a crime, so he goes on the lam. Yeah, and he just kind of like wanders around until he finds somebody that explains the plot to him. Yeah, and <laughs> there's, there's way too much um, exposition and then not enough, like... For a movie called Action Jackson, I think there's about 40 minutes of the movie in which, like, he's just going from place to place and, like, he'll run and somebody will try to kill him, but, like, it doesn't, you're like, what? I don't understand what's going on. That's kind of the through line he's trying to figure out what this movie is about. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, Joel Silver made Commando, which I don't think is any better than this. Oh, and I, think, I think it is. You think Commando's better than I this think, one? Yeah. I mean, the quippy lines are better. Uh, the quippy lines in this fall a little flat every time. <laughs> like, every every line, uh, it doesn't quite make sense. He's like, how do you like your ribs? Barbecue. <laughs> You're like, okay, all right. <laughs> Whatever. I can't remember what he said. Well, it's... So, I read somewhere that this is kind of one of... Maybe considered 
it could be like the last like black exploitation film that was ever like put out that wasn't like a self-referential or a parody mm-hmm. because i think that uh there was like a famous black exploitation parody that came out a couple years later that might have like kind of killed the entire genre uh but also it's, it's like, like i'm gonna get you sucker yeah yeah, yeah i'm yeah. gonna get you sucker. listen it's like, to our uh, undercover brother episode yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also he, Carl Weathers, I love him, but he is the worst person because he, he's not, he's very straightforward. And like, even, you know, he's on the Mandalorian now and he's just kind of like, Mando! He's just like this like nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like a good looking, super jacked guy. He's just a jacked, like happy like a guy. nice human being. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in exploitation films, you, you want somebody that's like, uh, you know, kind of crazy and and fun to watch and unpredictable or something. He needed to be what Mel Gibson was in Lethal Weapon. You know what I mean? That's an action Jackson. Mm. And Bill Duke could have definitely been Danny Glover. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Duke plays the, um, like, uh, the captain in this. I still don't know what's going on in this movie. (laughs) You guys want to hear track six? This is Sister Sledge with Keeping Good Loving. got another family band another yeah. band of sisters this is debbie joni kim and kathy sledge formed in 1971 and their song we are family i would say is definitely one of the most dj wedding songs of all time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of uh it's crazy to think that these like bands that were huge in the disco era and seem like they're kind of out of time and it all happened in like 12 years yeah yeah uh, but they're still great i actually really like the song this I enjoyed a, it, man. This is a jam. This is playing in one of the bars um, that uh, Action Jackson meets Sharon Stone or, or Patrice Delaplane mm-hmm. in. And uh, we should mention Sharon Stone is in this movie and dies pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> she's yeah. Craig T. Nelson's wife. And it seems like for a second there, you're like, oh, Action Jackson is like going to fall in love with this woman. And then she gets murdered. And then he's like, well, I'll just find somebody else. <laughs> He by, her, by her own husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Terrible. then he's framed for the murder, which kind of sets off a sequence of inexplicable events. I will say that out of all the murders and attempted murders that happen in this film, this is the one that I understand. Oh. Because <laughs> she overhears an evil plot, mm-hmm. and so he kills her. Nick and I watched this together, and uh, it shows Craig T. Nelson... And Sharon Stone's like, oh, my God, like, I heard all this bad stuff. Tell me it's not true. And he's like, it's not true. And then she hugs him and then almost touches a gun that he's, like, hidden in the back of his pants. And then it, like, they talk a little bit more. And then it shows the same shot again. And the gun is gone. And she goes to hug him again. And then she, so it's like the cinematics oh, yeah. are pretty great and then like yeah. one of craig t nelson's uh, goblins comes in and is like just another day at the office <laughs> you know, it's it's very roadhouse in that there's like a super powerful like he he's like an automaker 
he's super powerful, but he just has goons that just witness crimes and will like commit any crime on his behalf because they're on the payroll. It's so bizarre. I always thought that was so funny. It's just like, all right, get rid of my dead wife, you two. And they're like, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> At least how much the, are they getting paid? In this movie, he does have goons uh, betray him, which is, I think, rare for a lot of these movies. I got to assume, I'm not sure about the timeline. I probably should have looked into it. But uh, I have to assume that coach uh, Craig T. Nelson is playing like an evil version of uh, John DeLorean, right? I think that that's... I, I kind can of see that, yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot of allusions to DeLorean. And the, yeah. the, the uh, car is called, like, the Halley. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of looks like... It's it's a modified Fiero, but uh, it looks like a Lamborghini. And that's, mm-hmm. like, the new hot car. And he's, like, a bad, silver-haired sort of, like, sketchball. Yeah. So, uh, for our younger listeners, uh, DeLorean, he was... Uh, like, he worked for one of the big automakers. And then he went out on his own, and he made this, like you know, it was a small company and they made this very stylish, uh, heavy car that didn't drive very fast. And, uh, it turned out that it was all, uh, it was all cocaine money. That's right. Mm-hmm. It was a real Elon Musk for the eighties. <laughs> but they were, uh, they did the, the, the weird silver lining about the DeLorean is that they all, um, had a, a flux capacitor in the back. So they were That's capable right. of traveling through time if you did hit 88 miles per hour. But, um, <laughs> Do you ever hear about like the story of E.T. and how uh, they wanted to have it be M&M's that he was always like going after? And M&M's is like, I don't like the look of that fucking like gross monkey alien. <laughs> Eating e. art used to terrify me <laughs> as a child. As a kid too. Uh, and as an adult. So M- M&M's like passed. And so that's why it's like Reese's Pieces. And uh, apparently the Reese's Pieces, like it, the company, you know, or the sales like blew up because of that movie. And it was like a huge thing. And I think that the DeLorean, Back to the Future, would have done that for the DeLorean if uh, if only John DeLorean hadn't been uh, fucking Scarface or whatever. <laughs> Kept his nose clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he had just like skated past another couple of years, maybe maybe we'd all be driving DeLoreans. There's something today. weird in Back to the Future too, where the DeLorean can like be powered by like garbage and Reese's pieces. Yeah. Also, just <laughs> well, kind of bizarre. <laughs> it's a Mister Fusion. Yeah. Mister Fusion. I'll lay it all out for you later. Guys, it looks like we're coming up on a break already. Wow, it's break time. This is a short one. <laughs> we are going to add a song to the track listing Spotify playlist later. Our favorite action song. That's right, Caleb. And I think we have a game after the break. That's right. I've got a game for you, fellas. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Stick with us. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Tracklisting Podcast. It's 2021. We've got a lot of great soundtracks for you guys in store this year. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms. You sure can if you want to check us out on Instagram. That is at Tracklisting Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, that's at Tracklisting Pod. Tell your friends, tell your family about Tracklisting Podcast. If you want to reach out and give us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, we sure would appreciate it. Or you can find us on Reddit or chess.com at Tracklisting Podcast. And now back to the episode. Well- you heard that correct. It is time for another edition of. Tensile Tunes! What have you got for us, Mr. Chris? That's right. Here's another edition of Tensile Town Tunes, the game where I play a clip of an audio. How <laughs> 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 do I explain it? Can never concisely explain this game. Uh, it's the easiest thing in the world. So you find clips of uh, actors and actresses singing songs inside movies, <laughs> and uh, we have to identify the actor, actress, and film and the film this one i'm more concerned with the film okay, okay. the 
Clue number two, I'll, I'll remind you guys. Well, I'm more concerned with the actor. Okay. All right. Well, we can play it your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nick and I are working together. Yes. Uh, I need okay. help. I'm so bad at this one. For, We've got it. four clues. These are all movies that I am so confident you guys have seen. Okay. I say that every time, and Great. then Caleb gives me some smarmy, I've never seen that movie. I'm like, <laughs> well, you know what? Millions of Americans have. So... <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump into that clue one, Nick. Let's see if you guys can name the movie and the actor. Here we go. I gave my love to Erin. She promised to be true. I went to war to come back and find five British soldiers had their way with her. It was consensual. All right. For some reason, that sounded like Will Ferrell. It to does me. sound like Will Ferrell. Uh, it is Will Ferrell. It, it is, is Will Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> we start easy and we get harder. Well, by my standards, I've already gotten this right, and we can move on. No, I don't. Uh, it rings a little bit of a bell, but I can't figure out what movie uh, would have like a Greek chorus singing behind it. Um, like. Any of the Anchorman movies? No, it's like it sounds old though. Ah, uh, boy. Uh, sounds like you, it's from a different era. Do you have a year for us? The year is 2010. 2010. I mean, it's got to be a comedy. It's got to be like a kind of high concept. What did he do in around that time? Like Stranger Than Fiction? Maybe it was around that time. I mean, <laughs> luckily he was in like a weird uh, Woody Allen film where he was playing like the Woody Allen character. Uh, but that was, I think, definitely before this. I mean, think about the content of that song. Do All you right. think that would be in a serious movie? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, let's hear, uh, let's hear Clue 1 again. Here's Clue 1. I gave my love to Erin. She promised to be true. I went to war to come back and find five British soldiers had their way with her. It was consensual. (laughs) Step brothers. You're getting closer. So you mentioned a nationality earlier. It is not a Greek chorus, but it is an Irish pub singing chorus uh-huh does that help you guys out i don't think i've seen this movie <laughs> i think you have <laughs> okay okay you said closer is uh is john c Riley in this film no no okay so this is a comedy will ferrell is in ireland is he with his family on vacation irish bars aren't necessarily in ireland oh, okay isn't it okay it's an irish pub somewhere uh <laughs> i got nothing I'm drawing a blank. All right, this is supposed to be the gimme easy one. <laughs> oh, no. This was the other guys. The okay. Mark Wahlberg, oh. Will Ferrell cop action oh, yeah. comedy duo. Uh-oh, I'm starting to see a theme, maybe. Mm, maybe. Uh, yes, I have seen this film. Uh, I don't remember this scene. <laughs> he's at the Irish bar, and he's singing with everybody, and then like the songs get like more and more grotesque, and it's like, they took the eyes, and then he's like, Jesus. <laughs> Well, the Irish have a very rich heritage and <laughs> rich history. <laughs> Should we hear clue number two? Let's hear clue number two. Here we go. I would make this day last for all time, then fill the night deep in moonshine. 
If I had words to make a day for you. Okay. It sounds like he's like clipping his hedges. <laughs> I think he's he's not clipping his like hedges. Like riding a horse or like a like a leading point. leading a mule or something. You're getting closer. Uh you don't need the name of the actor. Bonus points for the actor in this one, but I need the name of that movie. Okay, so it's like an, an western no, it's like an Irish uh, shanty type of deal. Okay, getting warmer. There's a big thing happening on TikTok right now with the uh, Irish sea shanties. That's mm. the thing. And I think uh, somebody in the room might have caught sea shanty fever. Oh, it's <laughs> contagious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, give me a year and then let's hear it again. 1995. 1995. Let's hear the clip. Who do? I would make this day. Last for all time, then fill the night deep in moonshine. If I had words to make a day for you. Is that Colin Farrell? It is not Colin Farrell. Ooh, ice cold. 95. Is that what you said, 95? 1995. Yes, that is correct. All right, there was a little bit of a heyday for... uh, like kind of uh, pulpy period films, like in the Braveheart, Rob Roy. Mm-hmm. Is this a serious film? Is this a period piece? It is a family fantasy, um, family and it's. Fantasy. I guess it's a period piece, but it's magical. Mm, it seems like it takes place in like the seventies, maybe, but like National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Not Christmas. Wait, so you're saying this ninety five. Family, what, what did you, how did you describe a it? Family fantasy. <laughs> 95. Family fantasy. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, that's too late for like a princess bride or something. Um, what do you think that noise is in it? Horseshoes? Uh, is this like Dragonheart or something? No. God. Land, <laughs> landscaping? It. Let's hear it one last time. One more time. Ah, Clue I would make this day last for all time, then fill the night deep in moonshine. Sounds like he's suckling. You and McGregor? Had words to make a day oh, this, for you. I think I know what it is. I've never seen this film. Is it Babe? <laughs> it's Babe. Oh, it's babe. That's right. Uh, He's suckling the pig. You've never seen the movie? Oh, man. I, I saw Babe 2, Pig in the City. Yeah. Okay, good. That's the better film. I haven't George Miller. Uh, and so this is, is this the, the farmer is singing? Yes. Shit, what is that guy's name? He was in LA Confidential. Yeah, he's, he's a great character actor. Oh, he passed away recently. He was in he's so good. Succession. He won? He did? I think so. We'll have to fact check that one. <laughs> That's We're assuming everyone's dead. <laughs> I thought they was one. That's our theme for this year. Uh, he was in Six Feet Under for a little bit. He's awesome. I can't remember his name. Anyways. James, James Cromwell. James Cromwell. James He's Cromwell. Yeah. James Cromwell and Babe. He's singing, I could make a day for you. And he is suckling Babe, the pig. And then he does a little jaunty jig. And then he <laughs> jumps in the air. But fantastic all right moving on Thank i have you, not Chris. seen it but i got okay you've seen you've seen the first babe right nick i'm babeless neither of you have seen babe 
one of the one of the biggest movies that is like box office smash hit babe my babe research is piling up i was like in high school so i think that that was the wrong time for me to see that film all right clue three (laughs) here is clue number three I took her in a day for gin and danced her on the floor. All right, we laughed at her and you let me go. You let me go, you let me go. You let me go. All right, we laughed at her and you let me go. Snatch or in Bruges? <laughs> it's not Snatch or in Bruges. I have I have one question. I think I could get this. Okay, but I have a question for you. Okay, why did you have to spill your beans? <laughs> That's right. Caleb's on to something. It's the lighthouse. That is the, the lighthouse. lighthouse. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. That's That's most right. sounds like mostly Dafoe. It's mostly that. Dafoe. <laughs> Pattinson's on backup vocals in that one. <laughs> And I cut out the dance, Winslow. Dance. <laughs> oh man, Caleb just won my slice of pizza for the night. Yeah, that's right. A hundred dollars into Caleb's bed. <laughs> I watched that movie recently. Okay, um, very good. Thank you. A Caleb. lot of people did. Uh, I've been. I feel like I'm in Lighthouse. Oh man, that, that movie. Yeah, that's a real. How long have we been on this rock? <laughs> that is a real pandemic film. All right, uh, team podcast plus one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have one more clue. Final clue. It's yet. I want. The movie, there are three people singing. I want those three names. Okay. <laughs> and the year. I'll give you the year if you need it. Here's clue number four. Show me the way to go home. home, home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and I got it right to my head. Wherever I'm near on land or sea or home. Is that Jaws? That is Jaws. Yeah! Can you name the three actors in Jaws? Uh, Richard Dreyfuss. Correct. Uh, Roy Scheider. Correct. And then... uh, The other guy, Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) That is the singing shark. Jaws, the singing shark. Bruce is his real name. Yeah. Oh man, uh, this is embarrassing. I'm, I'm like blanking on. He's you know he's like the real uh, classical boozy actor. His, Ninety uh, men go into the water. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, thirty men come out. Is that the scene like where they're on the boat and they like almost have sex? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just like drunk on a boat. <laughs> they're just kind of staring each other yeah. down, touching each other's scars. Yeah, that's about it. It's, <laughs> it's a uh, great movie. What is it? Quint. Is Quint that is his name in the movie. I'll give you the points. It's Robert Shaw. Robert well Shaw. done. Yeah. All right, we finished in style. Hollywood nice guy. Nice guy in Hollywood. <laughs> Robert Shaw. I'm taking that pizza <laughs> slice back from you, Caleb. Right. I have seen that movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. You can Lighthouse. We've seen yes. the other guys. Yeah, but clearly no, I've, I've definitely seen it. I yeah. It's been Babe. A while. Babe, go see Babe. Honestly, yeah, I think Babe yeah. one. It'll bring a tear to your eye. That'll do. That'll do, guys. The original huge Cromwell, man. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, Thank you to Chris for another edition of Tinsel Tunes. I always get so despondent after that. That <laughs> was, was like it's pretty good. Uh, whatever. As far as Tinsel Town Tunes goes, that was a nine. Okay, that was a good one. Thank you. It's a tough game to put together. You basically have to find the clips organically these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. If you guys have any clips that you want on the show send them to me and only me i'm the only one that likes this game <laughs> i'm the only one that subjects the whole viewers to that is game. at christopher darden for all tinseltown tune recommendations send them to me 
I I can't say enough how much I appreciate the the sea shanty theming of that. That that's yeah, a little bit of Irish uh, that's real sea nice. shantiness. Um, let's yeah. do a TikTok, guys. Let's get a TikTok. <laughs> what do we get? We got to sign up for a TikTok. Yeah, we're in our thirties. Are you a double bass, Caleb? Can you do the double bass? Ooh. Roll the mandone. How are you guys feeling about the uh, soundtrack to Action Jackson? <laughs> well, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> hard right turn. Sorry. From Action Jackson to She Shanties. <laughs> Say that All five times fast. track listing. <laughs> Let's jump back into track number seven. This is Dave Cause and Vanity with Shotgun. So this is uh, the second Vanity track out of three on the Action Jackson uh, soundtrack. And yeah, I think this song was produced by Jesse Johnson and uh, Dave Cause. And we mentioned before, Jesse Johnson was a uh, member of the time. And I think all three Vanity songs on the soundtrack was uh, Dave Cause and uh, Jesse Johnson production. But uh, yeah, in the Prince. Uh, yeah, I think we know who's really. Inv- I think we know who's pulling the strings. Yeah, the puppet master Prince. <laughs> <laughs> the song is playing uh, when um, Action Jackson goes to the uh, barber shop to get some oh, answers. Yeah. And there's a like a woman named D. Ex- exposition dump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is maybe the strangest scene in the movie. It's so lazy and weird. <laughs> The woman named D is pulling like a V for Vendetta thing, but with D's instead of V's. You know, remember in V for Vendetta, he's like, I vivaciously and voraciously vim through the forest. And, you know, yeah. she's like, ooh, a detective dumping details in the D man in the Detroit. And you're yeah. like, what is happening? What? It's and, so fucking weird. Because there's like the the previous, like maybe 20 minutes of the film, is it Action Jackson's like, I know who's going to know what's going on. And it's this one guy and he goes and that guy, it turns out is dead and he has to fight a bunch of people. Yeah. And he goes me. back to the hotel and the guy's like, well, if you really want to know what's going on, I know who knows what's going on. And he goes to get his haircut and somebody's like, this is what's going on. And I'm going to explain the film to you, Carl Weathers. And it's like, so weird. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Tony Moretti, who plays one of those classic, like, coked out guys. He's like, I've been up for days. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> Which, uh, that's always my favorite character, like, coked out former partner who's just sweating. And they're like, you're a mess, man. I need to take care of you. And it's like, it's too late for that. It's all going to die. Everyone's going to die. Uh, I should say also that this is our second cover of the soundtrack. Oh, that's right. Shotgun. Yeah, Shotgun. I, I can't remember who wrote it. I remember the like the famous version was uh, Junior Walker All-Stars, I think. was the, It's like an old kind of Motowny. It's funny. The sound of this song is so ubiquitous to me with like action movies growing up. It's kind of like, oh yeah, that's the song that you hear playing in the background of the movie that you never actually want to hear ever again. <laughs> I don't know. I think the song's... <laughs> This is, no, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, hey, a you pretty, know, it's a pretty bad guy. I was going to come to the rescue, but um, nah, this song's a bit ridiculous. Speaking of uh, vanity, do you guys want to hear track eight? I'd love to. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is Vanity once again with Faraway Eyes. I was going back this week uh, looking at some uh, old vanity interviews and uh, she is on the Johnny Carson show. It's the first time she's been on the show and she's being a little provocative when she comes out and she's like vanity vanity vanity's being provocative denise matthews yeah, yeah. she's got like a boob out this entire movie <laughs> she's always provocative so. <laughs> she's like uh you know i've always wanted to do you johnny and he's huh? like oh would you would you look at that <laughs> oh gee uh, look at the time that's uh, <laughs> that's some weird route stuff <laughs> and then the uh, audience goes crazy yeah, it's a different time I should say, okay, we're introduced with uh, uh, by Vanity's character. What I can't remember what song. Um, Sydney Ash. Sydney. So, uh, Coach goes to visit her. (laughs) Craig T. Nelson. Evil Coach, and uh, he's just like (laughs) leering in front row, and he's like, "Yeah, do that thing." And then he like meets her backstage. Is like, "I got you something special." Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's a plunger full of heroin. Mm -hmm. It's about the size of like a white claw. Yeah. And it's uh, stainless steel. And it's like, like an old timey, like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a shot from like the, the plague apothe- era. Yeah. It's like the apothecary loaded yeah. up enough heroin <laughs> to kill like an elephant. And it's like, this one's for you. Yeah. It's like, you can't reuse needles. You know what I mean? That's a one time like gilded think, needle, I guess. Or maybe you could. If it's just your own personal, I guess maybe you can. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a very strange because he's the only one there at the club. And she's like auditioning for him, right, or something. But then they—it's clear they—they they have a relationship. No, no, lovers. I think that she's—I think that she's rehearsing, and he like dropped by. I think uh, that's uh, okay. So, it, uh, yeah, I thought he like owned the club or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think he might, but it's like also. So that's his. She's his really side, hamming it up. It's his side lady, but it's funny when uh, when Action Jackson comes at a certain point, he gets like a lead. That's like, oh, well, there's this other lady who might know what's going on maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very unclear like what and so he shows up and he's sitting at the same table yeah they're pulling the same move, <laughs> it's just, same like, move. just leer <laughs> just have those far away eyes i think they just like had a script and loaded it into a shotgun and then just had like a pa pick up the pieces and paste it back together and they just kind of use that as the actual script <laughs> it's a mess yeah it's fucking crazy man the soundtrack though i'm feeling pretty good about it so far far can we talk about what far away eyes mean it's like you know that sexy thousand yard (laughs) stare (laughs) that a guy gives me when he just kind of looks through me (laughs) (laughs) far away eyes you know that creepy stare (laughs) prince is just like on an acoustic guitar and he's like this song's about my uncle who came back from the war it was never the same but maybe you could like juice it up a little bit with some synths. Away. I mean, <laughs> boy, can you really hear Prince's uh, influence on all these artists? Oh my goodness, right, man! Basically, just like any time he wrote a song that you know wasn't up to snuff, he would just give it out to people, and it would make their careers. He's a real Craig T. Nelson all over the soundtrack. If you like Vanity, uh, might I recommend the uh, 1986 action drama? 
Never Too Young to Die, starring one John Stamos with Gene Simmons as the bad guy. No makeup Gene Simmons. No makeup Gene Simmons. Well, he's got got some sort of, I mean, it's it's clear that Gene Simmons is scarier without the makeup, I think. But he plays like a very fantastical creature, evil guy in this. I think it was like the Kiss music video for Lick It Up was when they first came out without their makeup on and people were like, oh God, turn it off. (laughs) Put it back on. Put it back on. Jesus. (laughs) Oh man. But um, yeah, Vanity. I think this is the last Vanity track we've got on here. This is our last Vanity. This is our last Vanity. Um, Salute to you. I think she did a great job in this movie, but um, yeah, Born Again Christian mm -hmm. sometime in the 90s. She went on Barbara Walters and raved about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There we go. My my track listing listener challenge for everybody is to get on, log on to that HBO Max and watch this film. And I want you to DM me on Instagram on whether Vanity is good or bad in this film. Honestly, yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to put up a poll. I'll put up an Instagram poll. If, yeah. you, need, if you need a password login for HBO Max, <laughs> feel free to uh, DM any of, the, the, any of the three of us. Yeah, it's we need to set up the Patreon. Yeah. That's how we're finally going to make money is we're going to set up a Patreon where we just give out our passwords. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we have next? Let's hear track number nine. This is Sky with Lover's Celebration. got another female singing group here with sky and of all the female singing groups we've heard from pointer sisters to sister sledge to sky sky is the only group where all the original members are still intact and still performing to this day mm-hmm. they did not give in to temptation yeah they've got they've got a bunch of albums out there um, i'm not super familiar with sky's oeuvre but um, as it's I said, this guy with two Y's, mm-hmm. two, two Y's, two not y. I like the, the vodka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in research for this uh, episode, I looked up. I think they had one kind of a semi-hit album called Skyline, and oh, that's uh, clever. The album cover. It's uh, if you've ever in New York, if you've ever had a company uh, party that was on a rooftop bar, it's just like a candid from that. It's like it looks like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see your eight people they look like you know they know each other but they don't love each other they're all kind of dressed up similarly but not not so much that they're in the same band they're it's just a, kind of uh, like 1980s advertising rooftop party <laughs> yeah, they look like they're co-workers they're just kind of like oh, well, do we have to go to the company party yeah. okay sure we hired a photographer everybody just hold still for a second it's like ah, okay let's go around with uh this song's okay what do you, how do you guys feel about it i like this song um this is playing when uh we're backstage and vanity's stroking a needle just like ah, heroin. Um, i like that track <laughs> funk r&b dance disco it's got all the right you know yeah. vanity's like i just love my heroin <laughs> and then uh right at the end of the movie there's a scene where <laughs> she gets rescued not much time has passed she gets uh yeah. 
She gets kidnapped and then rescued. And uh, as soon as she gets rescued, she's like, guess what? I gave up on heroin. Yeah. Did I tell you I'm clean for the last seven hours? <laughs> and he's like, well, if you're clean, let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. I don't think that, that's how it works. Yeah. She's uh, directly propositioning action, action Jackson uh, many a times to this film. And he's just like, can't do it. <laughs> not, not today. Uh, like, All right. This is interesting. Uh, this is also right after uh, Sharon Stone gets murdered, um, and uh, there's a bodyguard for Vanity named uh, Ed, who plays a strange role in this movie, but he's a huge oh, yeah. guy. He's like the biggest guy in the movie, and uh, Jericho Jackson has to like beat the crap out of him just to talk to Vanity. Yeah, he's he's like the bouncer slash uh, bodyguard at the club, mm-hmm. and it turns out pretty early on that he's under the payroll of Evil Coach, mm-hmm. and then uh, <laughs> there's like some toss off line where he's like, "Well, I'm just doing this to pay my way through like med school or something, like law school or just like so, psychology school, something right? like that." Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Action Jackson's like, "Whoa!" And then later on, this guy out of nowhere, like he uh, he turns good, and he delivers one of the worst one liners. <laughs> What is it? Hey, it's me, Mr. Red. He, dro- he, he out of nowhere, he comes flying out of the sky and he yeah. just goes, it's me, Mr. Red. Which, oh, yeah. He's like, what? I mean, I guess it's, you know, the sitcom with the talking horse, but I mean, if your name is Ed, why does that come to your, like, yeah, I'm telling you, the one-liners in this movie swing and miss every time. It's, it's so bizarre. There's also, <laughs> there's a period in the script where I think it was just like, you know, it was just like a set piece and all the dialogue, they were just like, maybe supposed to improv it or something. Yeah. And it was just like bad, like action one-liner after bad action one-liner. It seems like somebody edited together like an action film out of like scenes from other action films yeah. to make like a goofy point. Wait, which which scene are you talking about? It's like the it's at like the cocktail party. Oh yeah, yeah towards yeah. The, at end. the end when mm-hmm. Action Jackson thwarts an assassination of like a, a union leader because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's in Detroit in the eighties. I don't know. They've captured uh, Jackson at this point, and uh, they're going to frame him by just having another black guy wear his shirt. <laughs> and like everyone will think it's you. He's wearing your red shirt, <laughs> your iconic <laughs> red shirt that everyone knows you to wear. And like it's a guy that sort of looks like you. This is like, around the same time in the movie where he drives a sports car like through a house, <laughs> which should have been the pinnacle of the movie. Not I think he should. House. He drives it like into the house and up, up the, the stairs, stairs. and around, up the stairs, like around the hallway. <laughs> nice size hallway. Yeah, yeah, and then he karate fights uh, Craig T. Nelson, which we, they shouldn't have had Craig T. Nelson be a fighter in this movie. Honestly, I think I think Coach pulls it off. You think Coach pulls it off? <laughs> I think that part was pretty awesome. Yeah, he, there's a great scene where he's got his like instructor that he's paid to be there that yeah. he's like fighting dirty against. That he like breaks his arm and like attacks his own instructor. That was like a weird like a uh, '70s black exploitation film thing where the I think in in a, most films like the bad guy was like a rich white guy which is awesome uh but another thing is that those rich white guys always knew karate which was also awesome and so i like that that carried over i did (laughs) i did want to say at one point uh we haven't really touched on coach's master plan his evil plan is essentially to like uh get in good with the union so we can get the next jimmy carter elected (laughs) he actually name checks jimmy carter kind of good president (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
There's a crisis of consciousness. <laughs> yeah, it gets like really upset over Jimmy Carter's malaise speech. Dude, the eighties is so weird. We're like, and this fucking John Delorean motherfucker is gonna try to get another Jimmy Carter elected. <laughs> like, we yeah. gotta stop him. Hey, what's, his, what's his plan there? It's like he's coming out with the new car. Ah, we gotta stop him. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. I think Jericho Jackson should have run him over with his own car. Yeah. And then rev the engine and be like, hey, sounds nice. <laughs> like something like some quippy line and you then run like, him over. Yeah. Like ran the car into him, then jumped out and like the, the trunk pops open. There's just bricks of cocaine and he starts winging <laughs> bricks of cocaine at him. And they're just like throwing cocaine like snowballs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of, we, we didn't mention like one of the bright spots of this film is uh, from uh, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, which we Biff. Biff. Biff is in oh, this Biff, movie. Yeah. Tom, Tom Wilson, who's also a, a very kind and funny comedian. You yeah. can believe that. He's the nicest guy in comedy, everybody says. I recently rewatched uh, the Back to the Future films, which I hadn't seen in a long time. And I underappreciated because there's a lot of actors that are asked to do different characters of like the different timelines. The You know, they do their Western version, Western ancestor and their future ancestor. Mm-hmm. I think that Tom Wilson does the most like with there's like old, old broken down Biff and there's yeah. young yeah. Biff young rapey biff and then there's like sad biff and there's donald trump biff and there's like future like future punk biff future like methy biff yeah and they're all so different and great that i'm i'm like a little bit uh heartbroken that he's not like a big star i thought he was great in that yeah his quote that i think about all the time you know i mean like he's got to be just living in the shadow of back to the future it's part of his stand-up bit yeah he talks about it you're biff right you know but Mm -hmm. he's like you gotta be uh funnier than they expect and you got to be nicer than they expect and that's how you keep fans that's how you like keep it all moving but like it there's so many people like a uh, dustin diamond par example <laughs> who you can get butts in seats but uh when you see him perform you're like well that was terrible well maybe i'll like say hey to him afterwards and he's a complete asshole to you and you're like Okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, diminishing returns for the rest of your life. If we ever do a track listing podcast live show, we should do like a 10 drink minimum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just good. Uh, that sounds like a nightmare, actually. <laughs> someone who used to perform stand up, uh, the late Friday crowd was always the most intimidating group of people. <laughs> it's like everyone's gone straight from work to the comedy club and they were drinking uh, until 10 when the show starts and then it's just like keep it Animals. together. Keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, looks like we're pulling in on the last track, track number 10. All right. This is MC Jam and Pee Wee Jam with Protect and Serve. Through the alley, thighs of red in a world of fewer living, you are better off dead. Oh, when you game, or maybe cocaine, you have no money, no job, so you have to slay. Your lifestyle's absurd. I don't think it's perfectable. Your voice is insignificant. It's really not projectable. You won't get bored because it's always an opposite. A man who's down, put hands to a shooting our targets before you get to him. Any scheme you made, he's already ruined. He's hot on your back, and the bottom line is good. But evil part is All right, MC Jam and Pee Wee Jam. Not too much information I could find on these two guys. Uh, one of the producers on this song also is credited as Stevie No Wonder Salas. And 
I don't know. Maybe they're pseudonyms of famous people, and they couldn't uh, put their you know performing names on here because of contractual obligations. I don't. What do you guys know about? I mean, MC Jam and Pee Wee Jam. This song it belongs to like a long and honorable lineage of great hip hop songs dedicated to how awesome the police are. <laughs> Protect uh, and serve. <laughs> Uh, this kind of sounds like the credits song. This was playing uh, right before um, the guy that will later pose as Action Jackson to murder. His name's Gamble. Uh, kills Tony Moretti. Oh, okay. oh yeah, he's, 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 he's the, the UPS. He's guy. the UPS guy. Yeah, but yeah. even that is, is like it's not UPS. <laughs> yeah, it's like APS. <laughs> Something weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly, like they can't have a UPS thing a logo in the movie, but it is. It would be funny if the guy was like APS. Wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> is that like a stripper costume here? Uh, Darden, deliver. What is what is a classic one liner that he gives them before? Uh, it's COD. <laughs> and you're like, wait, oh, what? Like, I guess it's just like, there's no cash on delivery sort of thing anymore. Like that seems insane uh, in today's world. Can also. you imagine if somebody came to you with the, like an Amazon package and they like rang the doorbell and you're like, oh, you can just leave it. They're like, actually, uh, you have I'm to gonna, I, yeah, I'm pay gonna, me. I need five bucks. You're like, what? <laughs> Sorry. It's the way it works. <laughs> Like it's just, yeah, COD orders just, uh, that's a, you know, call 1-900 and order this, send in money order or COD to, you know, it's just a thing. That's how I used to buy uh, CDs from the television. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, but even, but even like the concept of that line just doesn't stick. It's COD. I think it was, you're dead. I think the joke was that it was just an unpleasant surprise because it, so (laughs) when the guy opens up the door. The paranoid uh, cokehead, yeah. when he opens up the door, he's like pleasantly surprised to find a package. He's like, I, I didn't know I was getting a package. <laughs> All right. And like finally, he's like, Things today's turning up? around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song, okay, this song, <laughs> it's really, really bad. But the one thing it made me realize is how amazing it would be if hip hop never developed into like a more interesting and like diverse art form. If like the the progenitors of like the Bronx like hip hop, it just stayed like that. Yeah, and we were still hearing it's like oh oh we got another hip hop verse. It's like coming to town, going around. Uh, <laughs> uh, what rhymes with town? Oh, going down, going down, brown town, brown town. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is. Uh, do you guys like this song? Uh, this might be my least favorite on the soundtrack. <laughs> wow. It harkens to a, a simpler time in hip hop when uh, the rhyme structure you could get away with, you know, like uh, three rhymes <laughs> Anything in a goes. minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or just like you know, a, a line every bar. <laughs> versus, uh, yeah. I think uh, Gamble deserves a shout out. There's a great scene. Uh, he later tries to run over Action with a cab. He's commandeered. Oh, is this the scene where he, like, jumps over the cab, like John McEnroe and Mr. Deeds? Same guy. (laughs) Look out, John Wood! (laughs) It's, uh, Sharon Stone's like, why do they call you action? And then immediately it's like, cab's gonna come running over! (laughs) (laughs) And then he, like, decides that he has to get on top of the cab. Very Chuck Norris move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front flip over the cab, and then he gamble, his name, crashes into, like, something, but somehow escapes. It, there's like a little bit of a, I don't know, like an anime vibe or something where it's like, 
well, what if we have somebody who looks exactly like the main character but wears sunglasses? Evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Less jacked. <laughs> a little pudgier. <laughs> wears sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, like, if Gamble were as jacked as action, it would be, like, it'd be awesome. It'd be pretty I, impressive. I recently watched the uh, Will Smith movie, Gemini Man. Oh, or- <laughs> It's Why? So, so brutal. It's it's on like Amazon Prime or something. Fair. And it's a Ang Lee film where it's a Will Smith and then a CGI younger Will Smith, and they're like fighting each other. It would have been so much better if it was like a out of shape guy that kind of looked like Will Smith that was wearing sunglasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would have saved that film. Oh man! It's like you're mean. It's like I am you. <laughs> Wait, are people saying you're me? <laughs> I look way better than you. <laughs> you look older than I am. I don't think you look like me at all. <laughs> That's always the case. Like someone's like, oh, I just found your doppelganger. And you're like, this fucking guy? Oh, man. This oh, yeah, is what people think I look like? <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, he's being framed and it's like, why? And it's like, watch the video. Isn't that you? And it's like, this fat Will Smith. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I can't believe you've done such a thing. You're like, you think that is me? That's not that's <laughs> insulting so about my height and he's, but he's got sunglasses on yeah. gentlemen that is the soundtrack hey, to Action Jackson hey, yeah. thank you fellas thank, thank you, you fellas. Chris yeah. thank you Chris uh, before we go we do have to rate and review this is uh, your pick you have to go first is that of... how it works <laughs> yes it's the way it always works. Out of uh, 15 overweight doppelgangers. 15 DeLoreans. 15, was it Hallies? 15 Hallies. 15 Hallies. The Haley's? Hail Bop? Comet? Whatever. What is your most favorite, least favorite track on this soundtrack? I, I kind of dig both the Vanity tracks. Um, I like Undress um, and Far Away Eyes. It's a bit of a different vibe. But I think my favorite is He Turned Me Out by the Pointer Sisters, uh, the song that opens up the movie. Wow, you're filthy. I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know me. <laughs> uh, least favorite. Least favorite. Um, I mean, Protect and Serve just seems like a filler song. And this soundtrack only being 10 songs, like that's you know, 10% <laughs> of the album is a filler song. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Protect and Serve is my least favorite. I think overall, I, I, you know, I dig this sound, this like late 80s, honestly, all the 80s sort of uh, R&B, but heavy synthesized R&B, uh, some of my favorite music. I, I find myself uh, listening to like Sister Sledge, uh, Pointer Sisters, uh, Mary Jane Girls and stuff quite a bit when I'm walking around the city. So I'm going to give this um, an 11.5. Out of 15 pudgy doppelgangers. Ooh. All right. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> uh, Nikki, how do you feel about the soundtrack? I thought this movie was extremely difficult to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> still have no idea what's going on, basically. Uh, I thought the soundtrack was great. I wished maybe the soundtrack had included maybe a track by Paula Abdul or mm-hmm. Janet Jackson or maybe a song by The System. Uh, it kind of fits in that time period. But... Prince is definitely casting a shadow over this soundtrack, which I maybe that's why I like it. I can appreciate just a tiny little shadow of this musical alien, <laughs> Prince Rogers Nelson. But uh, yeah, I thought the soundtrack was great. Favorite track, I'm gonna have to agree with Chris. He turned me out by the Pointer Sisters. And least favorite track, I will again have to agree with Chris. Is protection served by MC Jam and Pee Wee Jam? Nice. Who are these people? <laughs> We still have no idea. Uh, we have to assume on the soundtrack that everybody's family. 
the Jam Brothers. The Jam Brothers. We are family. A lot of sisters, a lot of brothers. <laughs> I'm going to have to give this soundtrack a 10.0 doppelgangers. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, yeah, this is this is a very even soundtrack. It's kind of hard to like pick out a favorite track for me because I think its strength is that it seems, it's almost like a score for a film, even though uh, Herbie Hancock did the score. That's like everything's like a little bit in the same mode, which is nice for the movie. It's kind of hard to pick out a favorite. I think that my favorite is actually uh, Keeping Good Loving by Sister Sledge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some of those synthesizer sounds in that song are like pretty. Very, per- uh, very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> very expensive synths. Some real glitzy yeah. synths. And, and I like that. Uh, <laughs> it's. Yeah, MC Jam and Pee Wee Jam with Protect and Serve is definitely my least favorite. And, right. Uh, but I kind of, I respect that, the, you know, this is late 80s, and I respect that they were like thinking, there's got to be some hip hop on here. And it was like kind of a little bit earlier than the idea of like putting hip hop verses onto like R&B jams. I don't think it really like uh, had really caught on yet. So it's just relegated to this weird track, which is a little bit sad. Uh, I, I wasn't in love with this soundtrack. I like that. It's all like of a same piece. I will give it a 9.4 overweight doppelgangers. All right. Thank you, Caleb. We do need to move on to our recommended track, which is our favorite action track, action themed track. Define it how you will. (laughs) Chris, you want to lead us off? Sure. Uh, I've got a song from 1983 that I found on an album called Doing It in Lagos. Um, oh, it's, that's um, a great album. That's yeah. where I first heard uh, Steve Monite. Steve Monite, yeah, yes. absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, I listened to that album uh, nonstop. Uh, and this is a track called uh, by a gentleman called uh, Livy Ekemizi. Uh, uh, please apologies for mispronouncing it. Uh, and this is called Holiday Action. So let's take a listen to that. <laughs> It's a jam. I like the title of that track, Holiday Action. Holiday Action. You know, yeah, all the, uh, a lot of those songs on there, are, um, um, subtlety is not their uh, strong suit. So it's like, yeah, it's about him getting laid on the holidays, I think. Or like finding some action on holiday. Um, I think, uh, so one of the cool things about that album is it's all like undiscovered, or, or excuse me, recently discovered tracks uh from the early 80s in like the disco scene in nigeria and you look into these artists and they just have like one record and you can't find right. any information and it's just so much scent you can't even stand it i mean but i all of those songs are jams so uh, i would recommend uh listening to that album doing it in lagos doing it in lagos yeah that is it i hadn't heard that song before i don't think that's really really good yeah there's some jams on there thank you chris caleb all right i have a song uh it's actually a more recent uh song than most of the times i recommend things this is from uh, one of my favorite 
recent bands, this is not my favorite of their songs, but uh, I've been kind of itching to, to work them into the podcast. And so uh, this is a song from 2020. The band is Idols. This was off of their their new album, Ultramano. And it's uh, the song's called Mr. Motivator. Mr. Motivator, I guess, is a kind of a British Richard Simmons type. Uh, <laughs> like oh, yeah. a, Where is Richard Simmons? <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, they found him. He's at his home. He's fine. So yeah. he's like a he's like kind of a gym, you know, like a he's a motivator, you know, in that sense. And uh and this song is there's a lot of like British pop culture references in it, but it's uh it's a song about action. This is Mr. Motivator by Idols. so yeah i liked i like the idea of like picking a band that's uh a lot different in genre to the music we've listened to on an episode and this is uh probably at the other end of the spectrum yeah uh, but a very uh a very motivational action song yeah i think you showed me their tiny desk performance and it was uh yeah pretty high energy I'm, oh yeah you showed me that too yeah, i'm really yeah. into well, i didn't realize this is the same band. their best song is uh what is it it's called like never never start a fight with a man with a perm <laughs> yeah and it's uh it's all about toxic masculinity and it's really really good uh and uh i like this song too yeah it's like a we didn't start the fire but metal Richard Nixon. all right nikki what do you have for us your favorite action song i've got a song from 1975 this is called dance with me and this is by rufus featuring shaka khan Yeah, the song is from 1975. That's from the album Rufus featuring Chaka Khan. Rufus, one of the most influential American funk bands from Chicago. And Chaka Khan recorded vocals on that song when she was 22 years old. Wow. And uh, Rufus definitely helped launch the career of Chaka Khan. Um, there's a lot of great funk songs on that album. And um, one of my favorites is, I think it's the last song or next to last song. It's there slow funky cover of the Bee Gees jive talking oh nice it's really good and also recommended uh viewing if you haven't watched the uh new Bee Gees documentary yeah check uh, it out chris recommended to us it's uh very very good oh man i should say also that uh part of shaka khan's like 80s revival was in part to prince i think produced the the famous shaka khan shaka khan song right shaka khan 
Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan? Is that your time about? Shaka Khan? I think that was Prince. Yeah, I, 80, could be, I could be wrong about funk, you really can't escape yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the Prince uh, bubble that, in some I, way. I, I could be wrong, but I think that was a Prince production. I thought it was Breakin'. I thought Breakin' was the one that... <laughs> Ain't uh-huh. nobody... There's a great scene. And if you haven't seen Breakin', recommend it as well. It's about breakdancing. <laughs> All right, guys. That is Action Jackson. Hey, yeah. Action Jackson. Yeah, check it out, guys. Uh, see if you can explain it to us. Tell us if Vanity was any good or not. Is Vanity good yeah. at acting? The eternal question. Rest in peace, Vanity. Rest in peace, oh, yeah. Vanity. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, guys. I think it's uh, my pick next. But right. I, I haven't decided yet. Okay. Gotta mix it up somehow. It's gonna do the other Jack Frost movie. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening this week. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye.